Oklahoma is about winning championships. We already have six national championships, now we have seven. We play well in the Orange Bowl. You can't say, well, that was then, this is now. That's Oklahoma football. We have a great history in this Orange Bowl, and it's only getting better. 23 years ago today, man, one of the most dominant defensive performances in a national championship game happened. In Miami, Florida, OU beat Florida State in the heavily favored Seminoles, might I add, 13-2. to Does it feel like 23 years ago? Kind of does feel like 23 years ago to me, man. Uh, and OU's uh, they've come close several times to, to winning uh, that next national championship. 03 and 04, you're in the national championship game. 08, of course, you're in the championship game. You made the playoff a few times as well, but... Does it feel like 23 years ago? Well, to me, it yeah, unfortunately, it it does, and uh, we'll we'll see when uh, when OU gets its next one. Pretty pretty crazy how time flies. OU's had some, you know, chances got to the college football playoff, and now fans, I know everybody's just waiting for Oklahoma to get back yeah. to the national championship game. That's the voice of Connor Pasby, which I do appreciate. Uh, Travis is having a little bit of difficulty connecting right now. We'll get him shortly. So uh, Connor is hopping in. Uh, where do do you remember that day? Do you remember OU's last national championship, January third, two years old, man, two years old. So yes, you do remember <laughs> so, it yeah. then. You're partying. I, uh, I I do remember it, man. I uh, I wasn't old. I wasn't that old. It's about to be eleven years old, but I I still remember that season. Going every home game. Um, still remember that championship game. It was it was awesome, man. That that team had the magic, and it really started uh, a fun run that we've experienced over the past twenty plus years. But yeah, Mark and Enid agrees with me. It has been too long, and it, it definitely has been. And I, I the SEC is going to be a challenge. I, I I do think it's going to improve the overall product for OU. Um, it's going to be even more difficult now with the 12-team playoff and what's coming up. But, yeah, man, got to break through and win that championship because, like, there's a couple of on-this-day happenings on January 3rd. Well, you had the national championship over Florida State, and then 20 years ago, you got Adrian Peterson. You got him committed over Texas, over USC, over Miami. And make no mistake about it, dude, like, winning that national championship – that can get the rocket ship going, and that's really what happens with OU recruiting. They win the title in 2000. They have another 10-win season in, in 2001, 02. You win a Big 12 championship in the Rose Bowl, and it just puts you in a scenario where you could go get Tommy Harris. You could go get Adrian Peterson. I know it didn't work out, but go get Rhett Bomar, who was the number one quarterback in this class. So OU's recruiting well right now top five class last year top eight class this year but you break through and you win that next national championship then you're really going to be starting to talk about something on the recruiting side yeah I mean you recruit well right now but when you get that national championship that just takes it to a whole nother level and that's what you see with uh, Georgia and Alabama man ever since Alabama got their national championship ever since Georgia got theirs man they just continue to get top five recruiting classes yeah yeah so can't be getting beat by Arizona and Kansas. No, though, you right? cannot. Can't do to that. Get the next one. Tyler from Kellyville says it's only been 23 years. It feels longer. 405 <laughs> says I was driving around in Bend, Oregon, showing off my 
Sooner Van all over Duck Country, LOL. <laughs> That's awesome. 405, I was a 16-year-old freshman at Norman High when OU won it in 2000. The most fun season by far in my life. John and Blanchard says I was there. Best night of my life till I was married. Man, that's even better. He's lying about John's lying about that. (laughs) National championship one day he got married too. All right, it's it's all right, John. I you don't have to admit it on the text line, but I'll I'll just go ahead and uh, say it out loud for you. Mark from Enid says, "Hell yeah, I remember last national championship in two thousand. Best defensive game to watch. Period. Oh yeah." Man, I want to know who all was there, too, because that's probably got to be one of the greatest games, I mean, to ever be in a person. Obviously, because you won a national championship, but the defensive performance like that doesn't get any better. No, especially when, I mean, you had the magic all year long, but Florida State, it was, they were, they ended up being a double-digit favorite in that game, right right around 10 points. Yeah. Um, Everyone nationally pick them to win. Florida State had just won the tie. Like, Florida State was... They were a great program in the 90s. They were one of the it programs in the 90s. They won a title in 93. They played for it in 98, and then they won it in 99. And now they're playing for it again in 2000, dude. Like, Florida State was at the height of the Bobby Bowden era going into that night 20 years ago. And you just completely dominated them, man. Yeah, they they had the dynasty, and I don't think anybody – would have thought that Oklahoma would even like be in that game because you mentioned Florida State was a big favorite, but for Oklahoma to hold Florida State to two points, two yeah, points, something else. And it, it's hard to ever complain about a national championship win, and I don't think anybody did. But it was, I'll take thirteen to two. I'm not, but thirteen to nothing would have uh, would have been sweet. Someone asked how many times did Florida State have to punt in that game? Oh, so I, I think I, a lot. Maybe more <laughs> maybe more times than OU scored that night yeah. with uh, with 13 points, but no, nah, it was sweet. You had Derek Strait making a big play down the field. They were just all over Chris Winkie and that Florida State offense that night. It was and Of course you remember the coin fun. toss too. Oh, how do I remember the Man. coin toss? Come on. Yeah, of course I remember the coin toss. Uh, I believe we got Travis Davidson in now. Hey, no big deal, man. We're just reminiscing about a uh, great night in Miami, Florida 20 years ago. No big deal. Yeah, yeah, heck of a night, no doubt. And every time I think about that game, guys, I think about, like, it it wasn't some inept offense that they held to those two points, really to zero points, because obviously the two doesn't. Uh, it wasn't scored by the offense. Like, that that was the best offense in the country. Yep. Right? That was the Heisman winner. Like, that was... I mean, just it would be it would be the same as after Penix's big game against Texas, where he looked like the Heisman snub, and maybe even in talks for the number one pick. It would be the same as them getting shut out against Michigan uh, this coming week. So I think that's what was most impressive about it. I've uh, I've tried to shout this from the rooftops as much as possible, but. No one uh, nationally is uh, is listening to me on that. I like, look, I, I'm not trying to sell you, Travis, that the 2000 OU team was the best team of the past 25 years. Like, I, I'm not going to go that far. But what what I will do, and what I do get a little annoyed about, is when people do, oh, best best college football team since 2000. Like, oh, one Miami was great. 2019 LSU was was awesome. Sure. But 2000 OU gets no respect whatsoever in being on like the top eight, top ten of that list. And it annoys me because, well, they, they went 13-0, and but they destroyed the number 11 team that year at a neutral site. They won by 10 at the number two team in the country. 
They beat the number one team in the country by 17 points. They had a top 25 win at Texas A&M, one of the loudest games in the past 25 years and the uh, at the time the most attended football game in the state of Texas. They beat the number eight team at a neutral site, and they beat the number one offense and held them to essentially zero points. I just wish that team got a little bit more respect in terms of best teams over the past 25 years because that resume, dude, was an absolute gauntlet, and they passed every single test. See, Tyler, why do you think that? Why do you think it doesn't get the respect? Because do you think they didn't it is have timing. The- do you think it's offense? Do you think maybe the Big 12 right now, everybody just assumes the SEC has been the only good conference for 100 years? Like, what, what do you think most contributes to the lack of respect for that team? Here, here's what I honestly think. I think that 2001 Miami gets a lot of respect because they're really good, but it's always brought up how many NFL, top, top end NFL players that they had, right? Same thing with 2019 LSU. Oh my gosh, they had Joe Burrow, they had Justin Jefferson, they had Jamar Chase, they had Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Like, there just wasn't the top-end NFL talent on OU's offense that year, so I feel like they get punished for that. There's not a lot of memorable names, I guess, uh, when it comes to the NFL. I think that's dumb. We're talking about the best college teams, not who went on and had great NFL careers, but I'm going to guess that's why they're punished uh, with that. Yeah. Yeah, I would say. I mean, I think there are a lot of factors that go into it for sure. I think a lot of it, honestly, is, I mean, best team since 2000. I think a lot of people just don't remember watching them. Maybe. I mean, I, I think that's – They remember I, the 01 th- Miami team, but nope, – Right, yeah. weird. Well, I mean, because w- didn't they do – wasn't the 30 for 30 on the U Part 2, didn't that cover kind of that 01 team a little bit? Yeah, well, it covered the 2000 team, too, and how they felt they got screwed out of playing OU in the national championship and how they thought they would have beaten Oklahoma, which, right. okay, there's a lot of teams that thought they were going to beat OU that year, and nobody did. They yeah, weird. would have been the next. Weird. Easy to say. I mean, Florida State right now is thinking that they would have beat everybody, so let's let's all relax on the shoulda, woulda, coulda, but, but no, I think that's I think that's part of it, and I think you're right on the, on the Miami, the NFL talent, and this, that, and the other, but yeah, I mean... Who who cares? <laughs> who cares? Yeah, you would like for every single position to have an NFL guy at it. And would that make your team pretty good? Yeah, I'd say so. But uh, OU walked all over teams that were built like that all year. Yeah, I just I just mentioned that impressive resume, and most of those games they won by double digits. You know, there there was some close games in there. Sure, they had to overcome some adversity, but. They beat Kansas State by double digits, Nebraska by double digits, destroyed Texas, beat Florida State by double digits. I mean, geez, what, what, else, what else could you ask for? Oklahoma Johnny says, that was my rookie year at the fire department. Now I could retire. I'm going to have a case of Pacifico now. I think, we just made Johnny, I think we just made Johnny feel, feel old there, potentially. Well, he's still young enough to get after a case of Pacifico. Yeah, I, don't, uh, don't I am sell not. yourself short, buddy. <laughs> I don't think that I am. I could try there with you, Johnny, but I don't know how successful I'd be. See, my problem is I like a Pacifico with a little salt and lime, Tyler, and if I drink a case of it, that is – I'd be puffy. I'd look like a puffer fish. All that salt, oh, there's just no way I could yeah. be able to handle it. So I would just have to you know, just go, just go straight Pacifico for the whole case. Uh, Woody Washington's coming back, four-year starter, coming yeah, back for his sixth that? season. Yeah, how big of a deal is that for the uh, for the defense next year? We got hey, mixed reviews on it. Former number one player out of the state of Tennessee, I believe. Uh, and, yeah, it, it's big. Here's the thing. 
Woody Washington, sure, didn't have the best bowl game, what of it. But there's a reason he's out there. And I'll tell you what, the young players in that room, the young defensive backs, love the dude. Look for his leadership. You won't you won't find like I, I you won't find a lot of bad words that people say about their teammates regardless, but they're more upfront and willing to talk about, man, how much Woody's maturity, how much his leadership, how they can go to him with questions and and and, and really the 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 corner room is better with him in it. I mean, that could be a guy that could enter coaching afterwards, something like that. Uh, if, you know, after he gets drafted, depending on where that is, because a lot of these coaches they're making good money, Tyler. So yeah. I think you'll see a lot of players that okay, maybe maybe I see what our coaches are starting to make, uh, and that number's only going to go up. So maybe they enter it early. But this this makes the football team better in twenty twenty four, Tyler. I uh, it, yeah, I, I think it absolutely does, and we'll we'll talk a lot about that today. Uh, text line, how, there's been mixed reviews. How, how do you feel about Woody Washington coming back next year? Do you think it's a Big deal? Do you think that we're overselling it a bit? Um, do you view that as, for whatever reason, you think that that's a negative? How do you feel about Woody Washington coming back for his uh, for his sixth season? And I'm not going to try to sell you that the corner play was just elite, was the best in college football this year. I'm not going to go there. But what I will do, Travis, is I think the corner play was a lot better than what it's been recently. And a lot better because of just more than anything – like two different things. Like I've got some bad memories, dude. Some bad defensive memories really in the past seven, eight years from the OU Texas game. Because when I think of some of those games, like yes, OU's dominated here recently, but I still remember in the twenty eighteen game when all Texas did offensively and all they really needed to do was just throw up jump balls to Colin Johnson and LJ Humphrey. It's like Sam Ellinger drops back. One-on-one coverage, just basically throw a jump ball up to their tall receivers, and then they're going to go make a play. And then we remember the, uh, what, I guess the 2021 OU-Texas game, and the first play of the game is a simple bubble route. OU doesn't tackle, and it goes for a 75-yard touchdown. Like They gave up some plays this year. Yes, they did. But teams just throwing jump balls or just throwing simple bubble screens and getting big gains – that was not the case as much anymore this year, man. They were better in that regard. They were much better tackling, especially with Gentry Williams when he was healthy. They weren't elite, but I, I, I do feel they were a lot better this year, and my expectations will be even higher for 2024, man. Yeah, I mean, part of it, Tyler, and and people have the bad memories, right? They they remember you know, blown coverages, this, that, and the other. Part of that, Tyler, is the dude played a ton of football, so – so you see it. I mean, much of this season, Tyler, nobody threw at him. I mean, he really had a, a really good year, especially early in the year. Nobody was throwing over to his side. And they thought, hey, we'll pick on this young guy, Ginger Williams. <laughs> well, that didn't work out all too well while he was healthy, right? So, you know, that's the compliment of the corner is if they don't throw at you, that's a good thing. But But the problem with kind of your PR side of that is – Fans don't get to see that, right? It's it's not it's not something that's advertised every week on ESPN or whatever, right? Like, guess whose name we didn't call? Let's let's talk about how good he was. But they do remember the times he got beat. And when you've played as much football as Woody Washington, I don't care what what corner it is. When you've played that many snaps at corner in college, you're gonna have a lot of times oh, you sure. got beat. It's just. It's just as simple as that. And let's not act the like the pass hot. rush has just been fantastic uh, throughout his career here as well, right? Right, Fair exactly. I mean, he's he's had, what, uh, let's see, 
This is his sixth year. He's probably started 60 games, 65 games. And a lot of that was with, with a Grinch pass rush, which, yeah, you know, we had some good players on that Grinch defensive line. Like, but it was, they were smaller. Like, I, I don't know, man. I, I think, I think it is unequivocally from a leadership perspective alone. Great that Woody Washington wants to come back and think about all that, all that experience you have coming back in 2024, 20, Tyler. I mean, you got two All Americans coming back that each of them could have gone to the NFL. Ethan Downs is coming back, back to back All Conference selection. You get your two most impactful interior defensive linemen coming back in Jacob Lacey and Dejon Terry, and then you get Woody Washington back. I mean. That's huge for this defense. Yeah, it is. 405-651-3439. You guys got thoughts on Woody Washington? We'll get to that and, of course, a lot of college football as well. Right here on The Ref, we're the homeless Sooner fans. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. If you're looking for big wins and good times, Riverwind is the best place to play. With the best food, drinks, and service. Join us every Friday in January for our winning resolutions giveaway. Play to win your share of $80,000. Play with your wild card all month long. Welcome to the best casino in the metro. Fowler Automotive is proud to be a part of your community where our passion and values lie far beyond the showroom. We believe that families, sports, art, and culture are at the heart of every thriving community. And it's important to us that we help build the communities that our dealerships call home. Stop by any of our six Oklahoma dealerships to see the Fowler standard hard at work. We pride ourselves on being friendly, helpful, honest, and fair. This is what drives us every day. Fowler Automotive, a proud partner of OU Athletics. Hi, this is Lisa Talley, broker and owner of Aria Real Estate Group. Aria Real Estate Group is Norman's premier full-service commercial and residential real estate brokerage and leasing and management. Seen anything notable that's been going on in this game in Orlando through the first six minutes of action? Well, yeah. Why do you think I wasn't connected, man? I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch a football game. What? Tyler got it? No, I, uh, I haven't seen it. Uh, I need to turn it on. I was, uh, I was, I was making sure I could get. All set up and kind of getting through the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet uh, uh, text line. So, uh, no, have not thrown the game on yet, but I'm sure I will shortly. Uh, ice leads fire eight to three. Would you rather be on ice or would you rather be on fire? Well, I have a penchant for spicy food, so uh, give me uh, give me the fire, brother. The ice uniforms are uh, are uh, all white. So the 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 all white look at OU. Um, the, the helmets are white. OU's. Clearly are, are not when they wear the traditional road look, but um, white jersey, white pants, normally that, that normally goes, goes over well around here, man. That, that, yeah. uh, that look. The icy whites? Yes, the, the icy whites, which um, I guess they won't be wearing those at LSU next year. Is that right? LSU wears the all whites at home? Oh, you'll be yeah. wearing the, the crimson on the road? That, that'll be weird. God, it's going to be so cool, though. <laughs> it's going to be so cool. Now I I tell you what that's one thing that that uh, that um, Cotton Bowl was so boring Tyler. Yep. But it was cool to see color on color. Yeah, it was boring and the wrong team won. It was it was, it was the boring, wor- worst situation. It was boring. The wrong team won. It's like one team had was missing all their best players and. 
the only thing I could get out of it to say something nice was, oh, at least it's color-on-color uniform matchup. That's Mm -hmm. nice. Yeah, the the only good thing about that one. E-Freaky from Illinois says Williams when area is slow. So E-Freaky's taking notes up there in Illinois. Got got the game on right now. Good. And then we've got a, a lot of thoughts on Woody Washington. Vinny Paul says for Woody, I go all the way back to TCU 2022. Brent's comment about being in position but not freaking out. And 2022 was not a good day for the OU defense. Uh, They ran up and down the field on him. Uh, Fast forward to Texas 2023. The play he makes against Xavier Worthy in the fourth quarter. Didn't freak out. Turns his head. Incomplete pass. So Vinny Paul is just, uh, just trying to show some real improvement by what Brent said in October of 22 and what happened in October of 2023. And I think that's a pretty good text. And the corners made some big plays that day, Gentry Williams included, against Texas. Yeah, no, I, that's the thing. People, you know, for, for how many times, Tyler, did you and I say, and OU fans everywhere say, just turn your head, just turn your head, just turn your head. Well, Woody starts turning his head. Again, nobody's throwing at him in the first part of the season. It's, it's nothing but good news. And I think I heard Parker uh, on Locked In mention it. If he's not one of the two best corners – then he won't play like it's it's there's of all 85 scholarships Tyler I don't think you can sit there and say Woody Washington is wasting a scholarship I can't believe we're not giving that to somebody else like he's one of those dudes that it's like no that's stop it it's fine yeah I just and I'm not seeing a lot on here right now Woody sucks he needs to go to the NFL or the portal away from here but I, I did see a little bit of that on social media last night, and I just—I I don't know, man. I—I I, I, didn't—I didn't get it. I—I I took it as very good news for OU in twenty-four that he's coming back. Four oh five says you got the safety Bowen coming back, the other safety Bowman coming back, Gentry Williams, the transfer from Utah, and Woody Washington. That's excellent. Oh man, I didn't I mean, even mention all of the other defensive backs that are coming yeah. back next year. RSJ, Makari Vickers, Jacoby Johnson looks like an absolute animal. If Jaden Rowe gets healthy, him and Jacoby would be quite the duo. I mean, can I Walker, Josiah White? I mean, there's 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 so many of them. They've got so many back there, Tyler, and that's why. I mean, you hate to see anybody under the portal, but that's why Dave McCullough. You, you kind of understand it, don't you? Yeah, I mean, if the writing's on the wall, especially that that early in his career, then yeah, you, you gotta go somewhere where you got a chance to play. That's sounds like that was uh, that's what was going on there. Lefty Max says corner play has definitely gotten better. They've been on an island most of the year with limited pass rush, except for the bowl game when we got to the quarterback. Uh, let me get to a few more. Uh, five uh, five three nine. Woody has helped us. No reason to push him aside for the shiny penny. This one from the 918 says, everyone gets beat from time to time. At least he's not getting toasted like the Evans kid. And uh, more, uh, LaDonna says, I love that Woody is coming back. The more experience, the better. And, and I think that that's the main point here. Will, will, Woody, will Woody Washington be a preseason all-SEC corner? I wouldn't guess so. That's probably not my expectation. Can he be a solid SEC corner next year and do a lot of good things? Yeah, but but maybe more than anything, he's a four-year starter, and this will be his sixth season. In new territory, you'd like to have guys in your starting 11 who have played a lot of football, and there won't be very many, if any, guys on this team next year, Travis. Forget the defense that have played more college football than Woody Washington. 
So I, I, I don't mind having that first year in, the, in a new conference. Yeah, again, it's you, you add somebody that's had, again, like 65 starts. I don't care what position it's at, Tyler. 65 starts, yes. But, yeah, have that guy. And, and, and that's the thing. Our, off, our, our, our pass defense started struggling when Gentry couldn't stay healthy. Kanai had to get on the field. And, you know, at times just, I mean, he just needs more time. Um, and then you add Josiah Wagner at times, again, real young. Like, Woody was not the problem this year in games that we gave up a lot of passing yards, in my opinion. So you get a guy like that back, again, Is as you said, is the guy going to be all SEC preseason? No. Does he make your team worse? Also no. So who cares? Uh, 804, does day leaving affect Desan? We brought this up yesterday. I, I don't know why that it, it would. Desan played a lot this year. He's going to play a lot next year. Um, not that his spot is totally secured by any stretch, but Desan's probably going to play a lot for this defense next year. I, I would guess that he's still going to be around. And, and the portal window is is closed, at least for this cycle. And, and, and we'll, we'll hear more names today and into tomorrow because – they got to tell their coaches the paperwork has to be filed, and not all the paperwork is filed on time. But I think Desan McCullough will be at OU in 2024. That that yes. would be my guess. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I I, I have no reason to believe it either. Nine and one, I think you would hear about it by now, right? Well, you're right, exactly. And maybe they wouldn't enter into the portal at the same time, but I think we'd be hearing uh, scuttlebutts as to yeah, maybe that he could be on the move. Uh, by the way, this text from the 918 says, pretty cool to see Lauren Montgomery as the ICE head coach. For those that don't know, Lauren Montgomery is the head, head coach of the Bixby Spartans. Now here's the question. They're only up 8-3 to three midway through the first quarter. How's Lauren Montgomery going to respond, Travis, if he's not up by 35 points early in the second quarter? This is new yeah. territory for him. <laughs> yeah, I have, I, I have no idea. It's... It's funny, uh, you know, he's probably coaching a worse team right now than the one he's got here in Bixby. So <laughs> maybe, maybe. he's probably complaining about the lack of uh, lack of athletes he's got. Yeah, and he can't play three quarterbacks in one series, you know? Right. Definitely a different game plan. Yeah, I know. They, he's got to figure it out, though. I believe in him. That's, that's cool, and that just shows that he's got, uh, as he should, and he's been at Bixby for over 10 years now, I think getting close to 15, He's won a lot of state championships here recently, put out some big-time players, but that's cool that a head coach at Bixby is getting that respect nationally to where more and more people are finding out about him, finding out about that program, and getting an opportunity to be head coach in that game. That's that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, and it's it's cool because it all it continues to do is continue to put Oklahoma schools on the map, right? You know, not a lot of people are going to sit there and say, oh, Laura Montgomery – Oh, well, he coaches in Oklahoma. That must mean that, you know, Oklahoma high school football is where we all need to go. But it helps 1%, right? It helps 2%. It's, like, it's a lot like recruitment, Tyler. Not not one thing gets a kid onto campus. It's a combination of 50 things. Well, th- this kind of stuff, it's a small step for Oklahoma, man. Uh, by the way, I was saying that. Uh, texter said, Lauren's so good that right when Tyler said that, they literally scored before I finished my sentence. So I, I guess he, uh, he's he got the K-Ref app. He's a member of the Ref Army. Hey, Orlando. We- he's like, wait, we're only up eight to three? No, those guys are right. Let's, hey, come on, draw it up. Let's go score here. And they just got hey. the two-point conversion, so now they're up 16 to three. 
I mean, we we should have streamed this uh, game because we've got uh, we've got Bixby, uh, Coach Lauren Montgomery's team with KRepsports.tv. So uh, maybe maybe he did yeah. hear it. He's definitely a member of the Ref Army. Back, back up two scores now, midway through the first quarter. A little bit uh, more of a familiar scenario there for Lauren Montgomery. All right, more of your texts coming up on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, and yet more OU football as well. Keep it locked on the Ref. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. More than 600,000 Oklahoma. 651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll get to that momentarily. National Championship coming up on Monday. Michigan and Washington, they're going to play for it all in Houston. And then they're going to be conference mates in the Big Ten, which is just so weird. Uh, who who you like on Monday night there in Houston? Michigan or or Washington? Man, I'm really I'm 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 legitimately torn on it. Um, I just think I just think Washington. I think they've got the cheat code in Michael Penix Jr. right now. He in some of those plays against Texas, Texas had good coverage, but a lot of them they didn't. But some of them that they did, and it didn't matter. Penix put it there. Some, one thing I like about his wide receivers: not only do they get open at will, but they show their hands really late, really late. So. I mean, the defensive backs don't even know that the ball's coming, and right when the receiver puts his hands up, the ball is right there. It's too late. It's a big-time game. What's really, What I think really matters in this upcoming game is Michigan's pass rush, eight Bama's offensive line alive, which, you know, everybody's been doing all year, which is why we should stop drooling over all their offensive line transfers. Um, but that's a conversation for another <laughs> segment. Um, Will Bill but, B go and get that, him? Please, Bill! Right. Yeah, I, I see that right. a lot. So, so, yes, Michigan, they ate Alabama's offensive line alive. Texas has a very good defensive line, including the Outland Trophy winner. And I think like they had zero sacks. Michael Penix Jr. threw for 430 yards. And the thing is... Part of that is scheme. Washington has a quick game that doesn't sacrifice depth. And, you know, a lot of quick game, Tyler, everybody talks about, you know, quick game, you got to get that out, right, laterally, right? The quick game is the bubble screens. It's the, you know, this, that, and the other. No, their quick game is still downfield. So it's it's pretty fascinating. And I don't know, a lot of people say, well, they haven't seen a pass rush like Michigan's. Well, Michigan hasn't seen an offense like Washington. So if we're going to, you know, if we're going to give Michigan the benefit of the doubt on their pass rush, we got to give uh, Washington the benefit of the doubt on their offense. What do you think? Um, I, I just, I think Michael Penix gets talked about a lot and rightfully so. Some of the throws that he made that you're talking about, especially in the third quarter, I mean, that was just a dart, man, over the middle. Not a whole lot of college quarterbacks can make those throws. I still think that even at times Washington's run game, and it sounds like their running back's going to be healthy for Monday night, and just not even Roma Dunze, but a couple of other wide receivers they have, they really are a complete offense, man. They are not an offense with just an elite quarterback. They've got elite skill players as well. So I like Washington in a close game. Michigan had to face a really good Ohio State offense, but with the way that Washington's playing right now, um, they, they got the hot hand at this point. I, uh, I like Washington to win in a, in well, a close it- game. And that's the thing. It's the running back looks like he will likely be healthy. I believe he, I don't know about healthy, but I think he's been clear. The x-rays have been negative. Um, Penix making those throws, absolutely. That offensive line, I think they gave up, what, the top three in sacks allowed? 
and then the Joe Moore offensive line. Like I think a lot of people, I think they got get caught up a little bit in the quarterback and forget about the big uglies up front. Those big uglies are good, man. And you say that you like Washington in a close one. Well, Washington's won ten straight one score games. Yep. Like or, or single digit games, and it's like that's that's just what they do, and they've been there before. So if it gets to be a tight game. I know Harbaugh feels good about it. That's why, you know, he played the end of that uh, end of that Rose Bowl like he did. But Washington is built to win close games. It's just uh, it's just crazy that they're going to play on Monday night and then they're going to play in week six of next year as conference foes. In Seattle, yeah. October 5th, Michigan and Washington will play again in a, in a rematch of the championship. But it, it's funny that, yeah, I mean, there's some conversation about the game on Monday, but most of uh, – national championship talk the past couple of days has been about Kirk Herbstreet's idea to just, ah, let's always move the national championship game to the Rose Bowl. No thanks. Um, Did did I get to see an awesome setting there when OU plays Georgia? Yeah, and and it was cool. I mean, it it was awesome, no doubt. But to, to move the national championship game every single year to an area where not everyone cares about college football, and in terms of What's going on in other places across the country? There's other places that care way more about it than, than Pasadena and L.A. does. If we want to talk about having the national championship game at the same spot every year, I can get to that. That's fine. But how about we start the conversation with New Orleans, Louisiana, instead of Pasadena, California? Because that's where I'd like to start it, man. Because New Orleans, I've said it many a times, it's the best bowl city you, you know a big football game there. Like, New Orleans was made to host a big football game. And if we want to move the title game to someplace every single year, that's fine. But let's talk about New Orleans before we get anywhere else. And, and that includes the Rose Bowl. I would put it in San Antonio before I put it in Pasadena. Uh, I, I, think, I think people who, specifically Kirk, I think people like that, they, they romanticize the history of the game, which I get. I get. But... Like, the the sport's changing, and it's fine. It's okay to change. Tyler, the West Coast won't even have a conference, for God's sakes. I know. And yet we want to move the most important game of the year out to the West Coast? The entire sport is moving to the Southeast. Why would you not? I mean, interest, athletes, um, success, recruiting, everything is moving to the Southeast. Your two blue bloods are moving to the Southeast, for God's sakes. And... You want to you want to make the the national championship game as far away from the south because of a sunset and some mountains that are there. That's right, you know, and it's cool. But I'm not going to move a championship game to that part of the country because the sunset and the mountains are awesome. Right, and it's and the thing is, like, the stadium needs some updating. And again, it's it's people who are too romantic. Just romantic. Look, it's a romantic sport. But the romance of all oh, of times past. Think of all the memories we've had here. This, dude, it's it's a new day. Time to make new memories, man. Like I, I get it, but also, I think that, I think that I'm in favor of all playoff games being on campus and having a rotating national championship game because I think you get best of both worlds in that scenario, Tyler. I think. You keep the you keep the regular season interesting because seeding really matters at that point, and you keep the the romance of the product by keeping it on campus, and 
you still get your national title game in a rotating situation, and you don't just play across NFL stadiums all year. What do you think about that? I uh, I, I can I can be, get down with that. I just don't want it every single year at the Rose Bowl, um, yeah. and don't have it in Santa Clara, California again, like in 2018 yeah, when Alabama starter. and Clemson were playing. Uh, all the way out in San Fran, essentially, and no one, no one there cared about the game. Let, let, let's just put the biggest game of the year in areas where people care, actually care about the sport. That's that's just what I would say. Yeah, exactly. And 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 not only that, bro. Like again, so much of it is in the southeast. The cost of traveling out there, like you're pri- you're already pricing out so many people with tickets. It is more expensive, like. More expensive than ever to go to any sporting events, really. And your attendance is declining for, I think it's ninth straight year, if we take away COVID, right? At ninth straight year, it's declining. And you want to do something like lock it in to maybe the most expensive trip that any family will take their entire year? You want to do that? No, put it put it closer to people, man. Uh, by the way, I am... <laughs> I'm being accused on the text line for saying New Orleans because of uh, recent events that happened during a broadcast just two nights ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to see some other kind of mountain. You don't care about the Rose Bowl mountains, but you care about the mountains there on Bourbon Street, don't you? Hey, uh, that's accused, not the man. first time that I and many others have uh, have uh, witnessed that scene on Bourbon Street, as OU's played there a few times before, but it's it's still funny. Yep, scenic views. Uh, hey, and 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 what is ESPN doing? Sending your sending their camera crew out there oh, on uh, at night. They know what's up. I uh, I want to imagine that the the individual holding that camera had the camera in one arm and a, a hand grenade drink or a hurricane in the other, and that's why that happened. But to, to show that and <laughs> everyone saw it. That's the first thing everyone saw, and they they put it on the broadcast and they had to apologize for it. Just own it, man. Just own it and be like, hey, that's we we wanted to show the people at home what it's really like, and that's what it's really like on Bourbon Street. Yeah, I mean, they were willing to show Alabama's offensive line, which was cheeks. The best thing that they could do was, uh, you know, balance it out a bit on Bourbon Street. Yeah. Uh, Mustang Casey, you want to give LSU a home game for the national championship every four or five years? That's really dumb. Well, they've had one in 03, they had one in 07, they had one in 2011, and they had one in 2018. Feels like they're going to get there regardless. Well, then rotate Dallas in or something. Like, if you want to rotate it. Or Atlanta. Atlanta's a good spot, too. Or Atlanta. Yeah, you can rotate it around there, but eventually a team's just going to have – a team's going to have a, a an advantage. LSU's I mean, going to play there regardless. I swear, the plan of their program is all right. Every four years, when it's there, that's when we're going to be really good. How's that sound? Right, and and that's the thing. It's you know, every four or five years, I'll deal with that. I would rather that happen than play it in Pasadena every year. Yep, correct, exactly. Four oh five. But the sunset's awesome there, though. Oh, Travis, the sunset! Did you see the sunset there? Oh my gosh! I wish we had sunsets here in Oklahoma. Oh wait. I think I, I think we got sunsets here in Oklahoma, Tyler. We're going to be called SEC homers. Blue Whale Sooner, SEC homers. That didn't take long. Damn right. Stick up for my conference, man. Stick hey, up for my conference. Hey, I, I, I would much rather – I've watched football games in the Southeast. Uh, I would much rather watch them there, I promise you. And I think all of you would too, so stop capping on the text line. 405-651-3439. Funny beach joke, guys. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Uh, We'll close up uh, hour number one of The Rush coming up next. Do you eat, sleep, and breathe Sooner football? We do too. This is The Ref, home of Sooner fans.
Jeff Lister here with Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. Have you been looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle? We are constantly receiving new inventory and have a wide selection of Silverados and SUVs. At Knippelmeyer, we still do business the same way we think about, but you can. There are screening tests that can catch cancer early when it may be easier to treat. Begin cervical screening at age 25. At 45, start colorectal and breast screening. At 50, discuss lung screening with a doctor. Find resources for free and low-cost screening at cancer.org slash get screened. This is a public service message from the American Cancer Society. Cavens Group bringing you the sour of the rush. If you have an emergency 24 hours a day, give Cavens a call. They specialize in fire, water, mold, remediation, and crime scene cleanup. That's Cavens Group at 405-573-3048. 405-573-3048. I'll read this to you. Uh, I don't think that you're going to be very surprised uh, by it. But Nick Saban was doing interviews with Pat McAfee during the season. I guess there was some talk in the Southeast this season of, oh man, is this Saban's last year at Alabama? Is this his final year coaching college football and he's going to go to ESPN and be a broadcaster? Pat Smith, who works for uh, Jocks Radio in Birmingham, which, by the way, would you like to work for a sports radio station named Jocks? That'd be fun, wouldn't it? (laughs) They're actually a good radio station, but... He said, quote, as of this moment, people close to the program that I trust dearly have given no indication that Nick Saban will be anything other than the coach at Alabama next year, end quote. Yeah, I feel like that's one of those things, like, I'll believe it when I see it. It's kind of like David Hicks rumors. It's like, I'll I'll just believe it when I see it. I've heard so much about, oh, you know, this. I think a lot of people think, Nick Saban, this might be his life. He's getting a little fed up with the NIL world. He's getting a little fed up with recruiting. Well, looking at his recruiting class, it seems like he's doing just fine. I just the the point with me and say I just, what what else is he going to do? Like, okay, he's going to go be a broadcaster. Well, he's not going to be a broadcaster for twelve months out of the year. You know, like that dude. It, it's like he's a robot, a, addicted to the grind type of thing. I. I think Nick Saban's going to coach for as long as he wants to or as long as he can. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like it, – it, it doesn't seem like it's a, like a Joe Paw situation where it's just like, you know, he's just kind of out there to as a as a figurehead. Like, Saban is, is still fiery as ever. Um, so, no, I'm, I'm on the same page. Doesn't seem like he's lost his fastball, does it? No. With uh, Nick Saban. And then, really, uh, you, you know, you have, like, even with Joe Pot, felt like, all right, well, he's, like, there and he's the head coach, but it kind of feels like the assistants are running the show there. That does not feel like the scenario that's going on at Alabama. Nick, Nick's exactly. still running the show out there. Well, and what, what, a sight's that, what, what, what a sight that's going to be when he's running out of the tunnel in Norman next year. Wow. He can't not be the, the guy running the show because he loses all of his coordinators every year. That's true. That's true. New OC and new DC, it feels like, uh, every single season. 918 says Saban will be making Aflac commercials. That's what he'll be doing in his free time. He and Dion. That's what he does now. <laughs> Still fits in the coaching. And the million-dollar-a-year weekly spot that he gets with Pat McAfee. Jeez. Just insane. It is. It's insane. Must be nice. We should have gone into coaching, Tyler. More college football coming up next right here on The Ref.
You're listening to the home of Sooner fans.